0: Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated
1: Podcast. Hey, brother. Hey, Sarah.
0: How's it going? Pretty good. No complaints. Uh, It snowed another like several feet this weekend. Oh, cool. So, I guess I do have a complaint because I'm very sick of this. <laughs> it's awful. It's the coldest, snowiest winter ever. I hear you guys are like flooded.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, our the whole, all of East Sea is underwater, like comically underwater. It's like, people driving their cars into lakes. It's like uh, Michael Scott when he decides the machines are taking over and he follows the GPS and drives <laughs> his car right into the lake. It's like people are doing that <laughs> everywhere. And you're like, guys, there's, it's like four feet of water. Uh, yeah, right? I have a real minivan. thing
0: about that, actually. Like, I don't know if you've heard... Walker, my husband, give me a hard time or not. But he's always like, there's one way that we are not dying, and it isn't a flash flood. Because I'm always like, <laughs> flash flood alert. <laughs> it's like, like, it only takes six inches of water to sweep a car away, which is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I got deep dove one time when it was flooding somewhere on, like, you know, what to do. And it's true. If you're crossing six inches of water, it can genuinely sweep your car away with it, you inside of it. Um, and then when we were in Hawaii last, last year, uh, it was raining and we're hiking this, um, this trail that's like on the Nepali coast, I think. And, um, there was uh, like some, some rain trickling down and I was like, we've got to make camp for the night. Like we can't do this. (laughs) He was, um, he was like, that's absurd. And no joke it flooded and wiped away the rest of the trail like three days later and a whole bunch of people were, uh, were like stuck. And just to take it a step further, I read on the news that they were stuck and then they got rescued by some like fishermen who took them out to sea. And were like, Oh, we'll take you back to land. But first give us all your money and your social security numbers.
1: Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it kind of tragic when mm-hmm. that I told you so is like,
0: yeah, it's tragic?
1: Isn't it? You know, you're like, I really want this, I told you so, but it's,
0: it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like really sad. And, then, <laughs> so, and there were so many additional layers to it. It was like, you know, a natural catastrophe, but also people are terrible. And um, so <laughs> I was so right. <laughs> yeah, but be careful out there with the floods because that stuff is really dangerous.
1: Yeah, I went for a run this afternoon, and the park that um, we, we all attended a concert in a f- uh, about a year ago, or yeah. six months ago, uh, was like... Moon River. Yeah, Moon River Festival, what what, uh, was was like comically underwater. Like I was just running on the sidewalk, and I was just committing these like dead ends, where I was just Oh my like, gosh. The sidewalk just went into water. Oh like, my yeah. gosh. And so, um, you know me and my a love for things being the same, habitually. Uh, So, so my, my route was really shooken up, you know, really, really, really stretched my creativity to find my way back to my car.
0: <laughs> I'm picturing you like coming to each end of the sidewalk, getting increasingly exasperated and turning around <laughs> uh-huh. just,
1: just start following the pieces of popcorn that I'd left behind. Yeah.
0: Me, you, know? <laughs> you always have to eat popcorn while you're uh, running. <laughs> um, okay. So I thought this week what was on my mind was the competition because we haven't really talked about that because I think a lot of times we're in compet we're viewing our competition largely as the firms and stuff that we left behind. Um, and we're not really directly competing with them because we're offering something that's so different. Um, certainly with me and law firms, like I'm not going to be competing with my former law firm to like represent, Honda or something, you know, um, we're in different worlds. Uh, so, but there are quite a few, um, solo practitioners who do what I do. And, um, you know, so it, it gets a little bit murky, uh, how to interact with them because you want to be supportive and, um, you know, be a good colleague. And I think, especially with me, I want people to do a good job at being a lawyer. So if I have like a form that's really useful and somebody who's my direct competition asks me for it, I'm for sure going to give it to them. Um, but sometimes people abuse that goodwill. And a couple of weeks ago, I had um, coffee with somebody who I had worked with at a firm before and she was uh, she went on, on her own to do business transactions, having been a litigator at a firm for like two years. Um, so no experience doing business transactions whatsoever. And it's weird in law because there's there like there's no requirement that you be trained up in any area. You can just say you're doing something and then all of a sudden you're doing it, whether you have any like any know-how or any experience whatsoever. Um, it's kind of like if you, if your doctor was like, dermatology has been good to me, but I'm going to try trauma surgery, (laughs) like, you know, like, uh, it's a little bit scary. And we
1: had a patient come in with a heart attack. So cardiology, here we go. Yeah. yeah,
0: I was just going to wing it. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, it, it kind of, it made me nervous because this, uh, you know, woman was talking about some of the transactions that she was participating in and they seemed pretty. Um, complex. And then it seemed pretty apparent. She had no idea what she was talking about. Um, Or she didn't know a lot of the things that somebody who would normally be working in that space would know, which, I mean, that's a terrible thing to judge. I'm sure somebody has thought I was not competent before in my life, but, um, you know, two years, no training, objectively, it would be really hard to be competent uh, legal provider. Um, And so I was inclined to say, Hey, you know, you're working on that. Maybe I can help you out, and give you a form or something to to improve what you're doing. But the more she asked me questions, the more it became clear that she was really positioning herself to compete with me as aggressively as she possibly could. Um, she was like, Well, you know, what's your rate? Uh, All right. All right. And then wrote it down and then (laughs) said, where are you getting your clients? All right. All right. And like wrote it down and then was like, well, do you think you could um, include me on some of your, your clients? And she directly asked me, do you think you could refer people to me? And I said, probably not because I do business transactions and I'm going to probably keep that work instead of referring it. And she seemed kind of miffed by that. Um, so it just made me start thinking like, what is the right approach in that circumstance? Hang out. Yeah. And, <laughs>
1: that, that seems like such a extreme situation because, <laughs> because it seems so blatantly, uh, competitive. Uh, yeah, I think, um, God, uh, yeah, that's tough. Cause there is, I mean, I assigned to this notion that like if you go about things without being a jerk that like that, that's, that's going to pay off one way or another down the road. Um, maybe that's a small town Chattanooga thing because everyone tends to know each other at some point in time. Um, or maybe that's, you know, whatever, call it karma, call it whatever you want to, but, um, there are, you know, when I hear about people, you know, this used to call me the justice police, right? Like when, when I hear about someone that's just being like a jerk, like I want them to be punished. Like I want, you know, I want them to, to feel the ill effects of their bad behavior. And this, and I want the opposite to be true too. like, if, if people are out there just trying to help folks and, you know, um, play it cool, like I want that person to win too.
0: Well, and I would counter probably the example I just explained where the The woman was um, pretty gunnery about everything and um, seemed to really have every intention of competing. Um, And also she kept saying, uh, I I don't know a lot about this, but obviously I know enough to practice it. And (laughs) she said that a whole bunch of times, so much so that I wanted, I really went, well, And then stop myself because, you know, maybe you don't, if you're continuously saying that. Um, So that's, that's an aside, but that happened. But then, you know, this week I had a colleague reach out who was really deferential and nice. And he, he did the thing I do where he left a voicemail. The first like minute straight was him being like, we met at the business law institute and this other thing. And which I never think people remember me too, but I totally remembered him of course. And he was really nice. And he um, just wanted to hire me for like an hour to look at something from an employment law perspective, um, just to help him out. And I did. And it was great, you know, like billable. Um, you know, he said, wow, that was really helpful. It was really easy work because he had already written the thing. I just had to review it. Um so I felt like I added a lot of value. And he's my competition, right? He just doesn't do employment law. So I think there's there's a lot of collegiality there where we're not all fighting over one bone necessarily. So I don't think it's appropriate to become too, um, territorial.
1: Yeah. The thing I wonder about in some of those situations, which I'd love your thought on is like, if you, if you're the type of person that has to take Sarah to coffee and then ask her all the questions to figure something out, like what is your long term trajectory look like? You know what I mean? Like, like if that's like if figuring it out looks like just straight up copying someone else, like is that person going to be able to evolve? Like, I mean, yes, that may work for the next, you know, however many months, right? Or, or get them going. Or maybe it won't. I mean, maybe if you're having to just completely emulate someone else, you, you lack some foundational skills, right? But even if you do, like as things evolve, as times change, as like unique situations come up, like if do you do that, does that person have the wherewithal to navigate that? Like, you know, at some point their connection to you is going to cease, right? Like when they start completely, uh, you know, ripping you off and. And then, like, beyond that, like, you know, sure, there's probably more views that they can go and they can, you know, go have coffee with and get more information. But it just seems like there's a lack of in, um, ingenuity or imagination that exists in that situation. I mean, there's there's like a fine line between best practices, you know, like, what's everyone else in the industry doing? And, like, I can't come up with this on my own, so I'm just going to. I'm just gonna go totally scam off somebody else
0: yeah that is that is a good point yeah like if you're just having to completely emulate one thing you're not gonna be able to pivot at, at any point <laughs> organically um and, and just the tone I guess maybe the takeaway is b- being cognizant of the fact that you're somebody's competition is probably smart because you know how how many people in the last since we started this podcast have I uh like talk to who do exactly what I do like quite a few right so i mean at least a couple dozen um in person and i just talk with them to talk with them and for general goodwill and karma and because they're you know interesting people and i like that but uh most of the time it's fine it's just when you get the feeling that somebody's really taking advantage of you being so open to then like swoop in and try to take some of the clients off your plate. That's when it gets, I, I found myself bristling for the first time, really. Um,
1: yeah. Well, that's, that, so that's interesting from, from my perspective, there's probably like three people in town that do what I do. So I, I end up getting a little, we, we don't seem to run into each other very much. Like uh, a former coworker started, went out on her own. Um, I mean, we're more or less direct competitors, you know, but like, we've n- never, like, gone up against each other in some sort of proposal or, or, like, anything, you know? And I don't I don't know if we've just found different lanes or, like, how that's happened. But um, my wife runs into that a lot. She's a realtor, which is, you know, like, there always seems to be, uh, you know, she's very particular about certain things like this style and branding of their, of their agency. And, like, you know, a couple of months later, all of a sudden, everyone else <laughs> – their stuff kind of looks like hers, you know? And, and like, that's just an industry where you have a bunch of people that, that don't have the, you know, business sense or, or perhaps they don't have like the marketing background to even know what they're doing is so, you know, I won't call it unethical, but like, you know, like if, if someone goes out and, someone to design a logo for them and someone else just goes and copies that same logo. Like you're kind of offending multiple people in, in that, you know, especially in the creative space, uh, it's kind of a big faux pas. So, you know, I think a lot of times there's people that just lack the understanding that what they're doing is mildly offensive, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, the stuff. I, I think about the, the relationship I have with the former coworker and we still like probably not on a weekly basis, but a couple times a month, just kind of like chat. And, you know, I kind of know the kind of clients that she's working with that are going well and, and probably the same to me. And we'll share, you know, tips on the tools we're using and stuff like that. And it's, it's so far, it's been fine. Um, we have offered each other work a time or two, but, uh, I think for the most part, and this seems to be unspoken, like if I don't want it, like she probably doesn't want it either and vice versa. You know, like, like if it were something I'd be excited about, she'd probably be excited about it and, and vice versa. But um, yeah, but you know, like, but we exist in the super niche vertical, right. Of, of the type of marketing we do and whatever you're in a space where yes, tons, tons of attorneys, you know, plenty of attorneys. And then with the flexibility of someone saying, Oh, well, I don't, I don't really know anything about that, but today I've decided I'm going to practice that I'm going to practice in that area. Um, you know, if, if there's lucrative work floating out there, uh, all of a sudden there's a target on it, you know?
0: Yeah, that's maybe that's what kind of, um, got to me more than anything else is just the, uh, the lack of experience because I didn't feel like I could have any kind of meaningful colleague relationship with the person because, They're probably committing rampant malpractice through no fault of their own other than a lack of insight as to needing to learn more. Um, And it's not that I don't think that you can go out on your own and learn how to do an area of law. I absolutely think you can. You just have to be really scrappy and um, be really aware of your blind spots. And for reasons that are not worth going into, this person demonstrated that she was not very, um, self-reflective in that way. But to your point, the vast majority of the people who compete with me directly or do what I do, um, I work with, like I hire them or they hire me or, um, you know, two of the lawyers who've gone out, you know, who've stopped being solos have referred their books of business to me. Um, you know, and it's all been extremely helpful. So it's almost like my competition is my best referral source by like far and large. Um, so from that perspective, I guess there's no room for jealousy or, um, having any kind of you know, territorialness, uh, in the way you're approaching people because, you know, it can, if you play it right, it's a good thing that somebody does what you do.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess the opposite of that is true too. Like as much as you want, Competent peers on good real, good terms, you know, so that you can refer refer work back and forth. I guess is it fair to say that the incompetent peers you you, you like you want to distance yourself from? Is
0: yeah, I felt that urge. Like, you know, I I don't want to be perceived as um, working with somebody who is you know pretty objectively going to appear in, incompetent. Um, so yeah, there is some kind of self-protective nature of that, (laughs)
1: which I mean, you you certainly wouldn't refer work to them, right? That just like, that would, that would be unwise of you. And then I guess you have to at least question anything that they send your way as, as to whether it's tainted or, you you know, what the nature of it is.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It puts this weird dynamic in, in play, um, which I, I feel terrible and judgmental talking like this, like. But but it is it really is unusual for someone to have had not a single day of working in a a practice area and then completely go off on their own to practice something entirely different without, you know, undergoing a bunch of training or finding some way to be mentored by somebody. And that was not what this person was looking for. And that would have made more sense. You know, (laughs) this person was like well, I'd really like to do this, but I don't know the first thing about it. So I'm trying to get my feet wet. Could you, do you have any idea of anybody who I could kind of apprentice for on the cheap? That would have been a whole different conversation. I don't know. So you, you have two competitors, it sounds like. And then also how, how does, how do the bigger shops enter in as competition to you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I, for people that know what they're asking for, I think I have two competitors, you know, and, and I, I, I'll i walk through this because I think it's helpful to kind of think about it in these terms. I, I think my uh, m- maybe a little less than half of the folks that reach out to me know they need help but don't know if I'm actually a good fit for it or not, which means in that person's mind and that, that customer's mind, I don't know who else is my competition, you know, because because I don't think they've clearly defined the scope of work enough to know Oh, I need someone with Rob's skills, you know, um, as much as it is like, Hey, I have this problem. If you say you can fix it great, you know? And so that's more of a wild card situation. Um, you know, I think one of the, and I've actually been thinking about this a lot. One of the threats that at least in my industry that I feel like I bump up with a little bit, or maybe I'm constantly like, um, at, at odds with, is the notion between being an amateur and being a professional. Um, you know, I I would imagine maybe I'm wrong. Then your world, by the time you have the licenses, you know, by by the time you're, uh, you've passed the test, like you've been, um, you know, some third party has validated you. Right. And in the creative space, I, I think there's two types of freelancers. There's the people that have no idea what they're doing and the people that have chosen to do it on their own, you know, And so, so sometimes I'll, I find myself like, oh, well, you you know, the kind of the, the tried example is like, well, you know, Phil's nephew's really good on computers. So let's just hire him to do it. Right. And yeah, he's good with, he's good on Facebook. Like, um, and, and if that's, if that's your understanding of your problem, then like you probably need to go hire Phil's nephew, right? Like, I mean, you're probably, you're, it's probably, if, if for no other reason, you're probably not willing to pay my rights. And that's, that's fine. Like he Phil, you know, his nephew sounds like a great first uh, option for you. Um, but it does put an onus on me a little bit as I have dealings with clients to go a little bit above and beyond to make sure that they understand that I'm a professional, not, not an amateur, you know, and some of that looks like, you know, punctuality, follow up, like, you know, proposals that are not sloppy, that are delivered on time and and accurate uh, about what was discussed. I mean, there's just a, a whole level of professionalism that I feel like I'm always, it's always kind of running in the back of my mind that, like, I need to make sure I, however I can communicate to people that, like, that I'm a professional in this, not that, like, you know, I got laid off at my last agency job and I'm just doing this to like make some money until I find another job, you know. Um, so I'm quick to tell people how how long I've been on my own and like why I made this decision and stuff like that to kind of kinda paint that picture a little bit. But um yeah, it's, you know, it's it's been an interesting season as it relates to the big agencies because there's like um in the marketing world at like a you know, like a Madison Avenue level, there's there's always these trends of all of a sudden, like agencies are really in vogue and then they're not right. And th- that kind of pendulum swings back and forth. And And it happens to be a season where like agencies are a little bit out of fashion, you know, like people are bringing a lot of stuff in house and, and building in house teams uh, for a multitude of reasons. And I don't know if that's like trickling down to my world or, or what, but I have a lot of folks that are just specifically looking for an individual to do what I do. Like they're not really, Like, I don't think I've, and I've worked on some fairly, you know, big clients, uh, even one this past week that was like noticeably, uh, huge, like, you know, like a fortune 100 company kind of thing. And which was like, awesome. But it's like, no one's ever questioned like, Hey, tell me about your team. Like what happens if something happens to you? What, you know, like all the kind of natural questions, like, Hey, is this too big for you? Like no one's really ever questioned. Um, which is odd. And, and I think for the first, you know, a few months I was doing this, I was, I was really self-conscious about that because that was a big part of the pitch that, that we've had it, you know, that I've been a part of at other agencies, you know, like our team, you know, team approach and experts in every area and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, maybe I found where the line of, I don't mean this in a bad way, ignorance is with, with clients, like maybe they don't even need, know that they need to be impressed or unimpressed by that. You know, um, they, they know enough to get this conversation going, but they don't know enough to know like where the pitfalls are in a relationship, um, until it's already happened. You know,
0: that's funny. I have the, a similar thing came up recently, where I talked with a new client and they said I've been in my 30 years I've been through so many solo practitioners because everybody always leads to go do something else or you know gets to where they they have too many clients that are too big and they can't handle me anymore and um so I offer I was I said you know well I'm in it for the long run um this is what I'm interested in doing Uh, and I do this in a way that I think I can keep doing it for a very long time. And then I explained my rates to him and he said, that's really high. I don't think I can do that. (laughs) Like, all right, well, you know, (laughs) and they're not, you know, they're, they're really, they're low medium for the market. Um, but for solos, maybe a little high medium. Um, so You know, I I thought, well, (laughs) like, that's why I was offering you an an option to keep a lawyer for a very long time. Um, And, you know, if you're only willing to pay the bare minimum, you're just going to get people who, you know, it doesn't make business sense to to be your lawyer for very long.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not like living this... uh overtly lavish lifestyle on what you're charging. So like, I mean, you know, like I'm sure you can find someone to do it for less, but like with that comes the question of whether they can do it for the long haul.
0: Yeah. I uh, thought about that girl from coffee. I was like, I bet she did, uh, <laughs> but her rates were higher actually, of course, um, than mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there is a thing that's kind of unusual and I think really great in, in the legal space that, I don't like competition, you know. You might remember from being my brother. (laughs) Like, I don't like to play games or anything where there's a competitive component to it. Um, I much prefer collaborating with people. And so, uh, to a certain extent, um, small firm people or solos all collaborate together against the big, you know, empire of uh, large firms. So there's this huge kind of underground network that's really cool to tap into where if you have any work that you don't do, you want to refer to a person who is a single person practicing because if you have a matter, like if I have a matter that needs litigation and I refer it to my friend who does litigation, um, then he, he can't steal the rest of it because he only does litigation, you know? (laughs) Whereas if you say, okay, well, maybe check out this big firm because they have a litigation department, like you better, you will be absolutely certain that you'll never hear from that client again because that big firm will just swallow every legal need of the client whole um, and just poach it. So so there's kind of this anti-competition that exists in my industry where people are like helping each other avoid getting um, stomped on by the big guy. And I like that that's
1: interesting. Yeah. The, um, I've done a couple of projects now just recently with folks that are ex big agency folks, like, uh, big, like New York or Chicago marketing agencies now on their own practicing solo, um, lack some of the digital expertise that, that I have. And so we've been collaborating on some stuff and it seems like similarly, there's just this real rich network of, of folks that are in my boat that are all, working together on stuff, you know, um, which, you know, again, feels a little bit like that, you know, the pendulum swinging away from like the big agency model, uh, a little bit, but, um, but also just so many different areas of expertise too, you know? Um, and, and you can make a real strong argument as, as I'm sure you can in your industry too, that the big firm isn't always the most cost efficient way of getting your needs met, you know? I mean, if you have really sophisticated needs, great. But like, if you don't, you know, um, it, like if, if you do business with a big agency, is it really just one person there are working on it anyways, but then you're, you're paying agency rates. Like I think in best case scenario, you, you hope it is. Cause if it's not, it's being passed around a lot and is probably a, a cluster from that perspective, you know, not like a single person being accountable for it, but
0: that's, yeah, that's. I agree with that. So I guess what we're ultimately saying is, it seems like you, you win a lot more, like it's not worth it to be territorial and and anxious about somebody stealing away your clients, because there's a lot of good opportunity for collaboration with colleagues who would be technically considered competition. So you just have to kind of be straightforward and, and I guess it's a waste of energy to focus too heavily on maintaining your clients and not letting anybody else have them.
1: Yeah. uh, I would caveat that. I mean, I think that's hundred percent true. I'd caveat that with like still keeping your eyes open for someone that's just trying to like ramrod you in some sort of unethical way. I mean, you know, uh, don't let anyone do that, but, um, but that's not what, I mean, it it seems like one out of every 20 people, you, you know, if I had to just assign a number to it is that person, you know, and from at least in my experience, they like wash out pretty fast, you know, like, um, that they, they're not really building the, you, you know, the foundation that they need to, to be in it for the long haul.
0: Well, cause the reputation is so bad. If you get perceived as somebody who's poaching a client or, you know, who's stealing a client, then that, that person who perceives that you did that and everyone, that person knows now no longer trusts you and wants to refer anything to you. So you've just like thrown down this huge garage door in front of this great opportunity for referrals.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, a space where we both work a lot off word of mouth, you you know, like that can be hugely detrimental. Um, I, I have a really strict policy and again, I'm in a much smaller area than you, but, Like I just uh, bad mouthing competition is is just a real um, uh, bad idea. You know, like even if it's true, um, there's a particular agency for whom I have inherited three uh, angry former clients from, you know, And, and I know the ins and outs of of the scene here. So I have a pretty good feel for what's going on. But, um, there's just no benefit to me, you know, celebrating that in any way or, or being the, the voice of that, um, for people just, uh, you know, they'll figure that out on their own. Like, yeah, I don't know why it makes me look attractive to run other people down, you know, like if that's, Absolutely. if that's yeah. the leg I'm standing on, then I've got bigger problems than that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, taking the high road. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, do you find that you're, yourself like, um, you know, pricing work up against other people very often?
0: Um, I, it's so funny. It's so funny. The differences in <laughs> pricing that I've encountered, um, and these really talented people will price themselves so low. And then people who have no experience and whatsoever will price themselves so high. Um, so what I try to what I try to say and remind myself of is, you know, your rates are a reflection of the market. They're not what I think I'm worth. (laughs) And they're not, you know, it's not saying I think I'm worth that much money per hour because that seems crazy. Um, but it's that somebody will pay me that much an hour and that means, and I had too many clients last year. So the market bears out that my rate is this. And I can't, I've kind of created this dissonance where in my head, I'm blaming this external force of the market for everything. Like I have no control over it, but, um, it makes it easier for me to kind of explain. So no, I, I I was tempted to, to lower, um, to lower down a little bit. And especially some of the people that I've acquired from the two lawyers who, um, transition their book of business to me, they both build lower than me. Um, so I have, of course, you know, I took them over a year and a half ago, so like, time has passed. Um, and, um, I've tried to kind of in- increase from where they were at instead of from where I, I was at at that point. So I try to be good at working with people, but for the most part, I mean, the, the good clients that I have haven't blinked an eye at it. So it to me it doesn't matter what somebody else does. One one thing that we did decide this year, Christina, the partner of mine, we work together a lot, and we decided to keep our rates identical so that we could work together more seamlessly.
1: Oh yeah, does that favor you or favor her? <laughs>
0: Um, Well, I raised my rates. She's got like a year and a half more experience than me, which doesn't matter at all at this phase. You know, (laughs) it mattered a lot five years ago, maybe. So um, I think it's reasonable for for both of us. And it just helps us both because if somebody is $5 more an hour or whatever, you need to go and explain to the client why it's worth it to have them do the work instead of you doing the work. (laughs) So um, that kind of transient ability to pass work back and forth, I think is worth keeping your hours in sync with. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I've, I've found myself, uh, in the two years I've been doing this, the situations where I've gotten into like, uh, we're getting multiple prices for multiple people and, and like those situations have been few and far between. And like, uh, which I feel very fortunate about because a lot of times when you think freelancing, you think like, the upwork you know environment where you put out a proposal and get 4000 people bidding on it and it's just this race to the bottom um maybe I've been able to market myself or position myself a little bit differently than that so I'm not in that situation um perhaps the price point is a, is a good level too or it's not so high like it's not one big check that someone's going to write where they feel like they need to do their due diligence um but oftentimes I think it's that personal referral where people are are passing me around and people thereby like already have this certain level of trust and understanding where we're not having to do that. You know, maybe I put a proposal together for them and we, and we talk through that proposal, but it's not like it's in a pile with like three others that that we're having to deal with. So, um, I I was expecting more of that, you know, just to hear people talk and it's, it's been a little bit surprising that that hasn't been the case. Um,
0: I I guess I'll agree with that. People really don't like the process of finding a lawyer. (laughs) Like, They really hate it. And I imagine they feel about it the way I feel about finding an accountant, where once you find one, you're like, well, as long as they're vaguely okay and seem to know pretty much what's going on, I'm going to stick with them because I don't want to have to go through this process again. Um, so I suspect people feel that way about lawyers and they don't want to do this more often than they have to. So they're not shopping around very much. And sometimes, you know, every time, (laughs) every time somebody falls off my radar, I'd say 75% of the time in a couple months, they're back again. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm particularly special, but I think it's just, there's a huge barrier to entry and finding A lawyer.
1: Yeah. So unless you're doing a lot of volume, you're not going to experience a big change, like change in cost, even at at a different rate. Yeah. Hmm. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well. Good talking to you, bro. Anything we missed?
1: I don't think so. Stay. Stay strong over there.
0: (laughs) Is that is that your new sign off?
1: That's right. (laughs) Emoji flex. Emoji flexing arm.
0: Like that. I don't have one now. I've got to spend the night working on a sign off. Thanks. There you go.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, next week you need to have it. Homework.
0: Boom. Okay. Deal. (laughs) Top of my list. Top of my (laughs) list. (laughs) All right. Later, bro. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey,
1: Say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.